we are now live. So let's get the linkity links going. Hell yeah, guys. Wait a minute. Without Mike here, who the fuck is going to introduce everything? I mean, who do you think? He's gonna, he does this, right? Hey, guys. Welcome to the Mad Lover Tea Party. It's, it's honestly pretty dead on. Yeah. yeah. Really so, something like this and some high-pitched noises. Hey, guys. We have our what? What are we? What are we? The B crew. We're we're the B we're the B crew for this. No, we're the D All right, crew. Links going out. Hey, we're the D crew. Uh, links going out. Like Captain Griffin, we're the D listers. So let's just get this link sent out everywhere. Let me. Oh shit. I might not have my Twitter on the new phone. Let's find out. Oh, fuck. Okay. Should I put like hashtags or shit? I don't know how this works. I'm a boomer. Uh, Wait. Hashtags? What? what? Hashtag? I don't know. What? I'm just Are tweeting. You Twitter? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're. Well, no, 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 don't, don't necessarily do that. If anything, it's more beneficial to let me post the main uh, Twitter thing and then, and then I uh, with whatever yeah. stuff you want to do. Okay, I think we got it here. So let me log in. The email password. Well, that's great. That's dandy. Mike must have changed the password at some point. Face. Yeah, you must have changed it at some point. Let me try the other one. By the way, Ivan the Troll is an absolute fucking savage. Okay, so we're yeah. just going to use mine then, and we'll make that the main for right now, and we'll just have to do that stuff later. I mean, half of what he does is he just finds people who say, oh, well, the, pre the the receiver won't bear enough pressure for a 3D printed gun. And then he just sends them long, like, two-minute videos of him fucking mag dumping. Exactly. It's great. He's like, huh. Wish somebody would have told me, right? So... Uh, it's very quiet without Mike. It is. Right? Yeah, it's oh. very calm. I, uh, I don't mind that. I mean, I adhere to my environment. Yes. So, boys, what's the first topic for today? Hold on. Hold on. Uh, hold on. I've got a call. Just for Tons of gun sense candidates. Oh my god. These fucking tweets. Uh, An irrelevant phone call. Okay, got the tweet. Let's grab that. Do 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 do. Go to my account, please. That would be great. Go, go, go to my account. 
There you go, champ. Okay. A bit deceptive to say the Mad Liberty crew when it's only like half of the fucking crew. We are the crew. Are we half mad? I am the Senate. Are you half mad because we're half the crew? We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're slightly less mad than the typical Liberty Party. We're all rational individuals here, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's a lot less madness without uh, Mike being involved. Like, I'm, I'm just generally mad. Mike is more just... Well, like, he is mad. You're just pissed. Yeah. Yeah. This is the uh, Pissed Liberty Party. Welcome to the Pissed uh, Liberty Party. I'm actually, Matt as well. That reminds me of a, a Key and Pill episode that they do, uh, where it's like black Republicans at a meeting. I'm pissed. They're like, I'm pissed. Royally pissed. Royally. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love those guys. Those are good comedians. They're, they're amazing. Absolutely and wonderful. Excellent movie directors. Like, really. Yeah. They're really yeah. good at this stuff. Okay, now we have to add key and peel to the to the title. Yeah, I got to get their Twitters attached into the description now. Yeah. Uh, credit where credit is due. Exactly, fucking bro. So, okay, so uh, welcome to the uh, live stream, everybody. Uh, we're already five minutes in, so we're doing great here. Uh, my name is Paxton, and I am the uh, co-host, or yeah, well, te technically one of the co-hosts for the Mad Liberty Party here. And uh, thank you all for joining us in this uh, live Liberty session. Uh, today with us, we have our usual suspects here that are definitely not on the FBI watch list. Definitely uh, on the FBI watch list. We have I3 and we have Maxwell. I3, would you like to do a quick shout out about what you're all about, my guy? I am all about crypto, liberty, and tech. Very nice. I like and it. And cool sunglasses. And, and cool sunglasses. I think there's been many people that have uh, accredited our show to just like, hey, who's that cool sunglasses guy? Uh, granted, I'm usually talking about Maxwell whenever he stole his brother's glasses. Uh, yes, yes, that that was a brilliant. That was a that was a great time. Uh, Max, would you like to tell everybody what you are about? Uh, well, I'm about the same thing I usually am. I like things that go boom. That's my speciality. Yeah, that is not that very interesting. Start. Not particularly are. interesting. As, as sort of the Marines do, they like to see shit blow up. I do like to see shit blow up. If if it flies, shoots, explodes, or otherwise creates chaos, I'm your guy. You see, I I think I've heard something so, uh, similar on like a, a Taliban recruitment ad. Uh, could you? Uh... <laughs> uh, we we don't talk that we don't talk about that part of my career. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, today, we've got quite a few subjects. Uh, the first thing that I really want to dive into, because I think all of us have at least a little bit of an idea, or at least opinions on it, and that is uh, Bitcoin. One of the big things about uh, libertarianism, uh, anarchy, uh, agorism, all those type of things, they all have the general counter-economics uh, thing uh, in in unison with each other. That's something that we can usually all agree upon. There, there's very rarely that you'll speak to a libertarian that's like, Bitcoin, that's icky. Well, it, it, it's either Bitcoin or gold. They love one of the two. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing, before we really dive into the uh, mouth of Bitcoin and counter economics and all that stuff, I, I kind of want us just to kind of break down for some of the people that are maybe watching that really don't know about counter economics, like what it's all about, 
like why people want gold, why people want Bitcoin, why people want silver, why people just don't trust the fiat currencies that we have. Uh, I3, I think you're uh, quite a bit of an expert here. So do you want to kind of give us a little bit of a rundown, if you can, on why Bitcoin and other currencies like that are so important? Well, we, we pretty much looked at what the government can do when they have full power over your own money. Um, they can print it out. They can uh, use it for whatever funding they need to. Um, and in order for you to step out of that paradigm of uh, wanting to own your own money, own your own self, your own property, uh, the best way to do that is to own your own currency. And uh, Bitcoin and gold and other uh, types of uh, private currency allow you to do that. Um, we're being taxed way too much. Uh, our Taxes go to, uh, you know, federalized and militarized police to uh, three-letter agencies that we don't like, and also to uh, social causes or uh, programs that are a waste. Um, and in essence, uh, all this centralization uh, that are going to the bankers and the Wall Street uh, investors is not coming to you. So when you do uh, look into buying or investing into gold or Bitcoin or something of that uh, ilk, you are investing in your own future, your financial freedom. Uh, so in essence, Bitcoin is a decentralized currency. It was uh, invented in 20 or 2009 by someone called uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. And of course, gold, we all know what gold is. And we were on that standard up until 1973, I think. Um, but, yeah, but in, uh, oddly enough, a Republican president took us off the gold standard. Uh, so the, America was prosperous for its, in its heyday for the first 100 some odd years. But as soon as we introduced a federalized tax system and uh, getting off the gold standard in the last 100 years, you can see how our economy is by looking at the dollar and the purchasing power of the dollar. Um, if you think about it, you buy things with the dollar, but look at what it cost five years ago, 10 years ago, and you just see the prices rise and rise and rise. You wondered how did things get so expensive? Well, one thing is that the dollar is now being devalued at an exponential rate, and the markets for Bitcoin and gold are going up and up and up. Right now, as I look at the charts, everybody's getting into the game uh, because uh, Bitcoin has surpassed uh, its highest high this year alone, and gold has reached an all-time high. Silver has reached an all-time high. Uh, so it's just really interesting considering how uh, devalued the dollar is through federal printing. And the stimulus checks may look like they, they help you, but in the end, you're going to be paying that in taxes next year. And your taxes are going to go up. Go ahead. Really quick, I want to hit on that well, what you just said, that Bitcoin has hit its highest high. I can't tell you how many times in my lifetime alone how many times I've heard that. Like It seems like every other you know year it, it hits like – it goes just vertical. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't steady. I mean, it's always steadily climbing, but there's always seems to be a point every single year where it just goes through the fucking roof. And it seems to be related around disasters and things of that nature. It, it is. I mean, every year there's been some type of disaster, not necessarily uh, worldwide either. If you look at it, some of these disasters are within our country because most of the traders of Bitcoin are uh, North American. Oddly enough, Bitcoin got started in Asia because of Asia cracking down on Bitcoin miners, it's better to, oddly enough, mine Bitcoin 
in the Western countries or sometimes Eastern Europe, depending on where you go. And yeah, it goes through the roof. But here's the here's the interesting thing, Paxton. No one really realizes this, is that uh, the low for Bitcoin has never gone below $3,200 every single year. It's never gone below that. So you're guaranteed since 2011 that you'll at least have a ceiling, a low ceiling of 3,200, a low floor. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the charts right now, and I I haven't seen Bitcoin go below because it really went to the bottom in like 2018. There's that big old bubble, right? And that and there you got around like 3,400, but it hasn't been that low since since. And uh, it's been settling. You look at the low, uh, Maxwell. Every every single year, the low has gone up and up and up and up. It's yeah. never gone down to where oh the low is it's crashed no bitcoin is just uh either getting off uh the the people that don't believe it or the people that are are, are in it for the money those, those are two people that you need to ignore right now you need to be a hodler or at least a smart trader or an investor um if you're in a day trader or if you are a, a higher risk investor you you have your own agendas either to get rich or you don't know bitcoin well enough so you trade uh, against the USD instead of like Ethereum or uh, gold or uh, another crypto. Because when you do it against the USD right now, you're going to be losing money. Um, because the USD is going so much. It's going so down, down so fast. So fast. So it, what what is beautiful about Bitcoin, it can't be censored. It's decentralized. It's, it can't be copied. It can't be hacked. Now, people will say, well, it's already been hacked. But, you know, those are exchanges that have been hacked, but not Bitcoin. The really interesting thing is that anybody that has any kind of state power, like congressmen, senators, all of that, I've never heard them speak positively about it. And I think that exactly. that points that you, you made there is that it's untraceable and you can't tax it is exactly why. They don't want us to use Bitcoin because it's the number one thing that can really hurt them. Like it's one thing to go out there and actively fight against the police and, you know, shoot up, you know, a federal courthouse or what the fuck ever. It's another thing entirely to hurt them in what they care the most about which is their wallet um and it seems like a it seems like the most effective way whenever they're getting less tax dollars and less tax dollars they're forced to do less uh moreover it's just a uh, a better moral system because all of a sudden you're not involved in that system anymore and something that i'm actually trying to work on now is trying to get as much away from that stuff as possible to where my tax dollars are not going to war because that's one of the biggest things that pulled me into libertarianism and anarchism uh, to begin with was the fact that we were going overseas and murdering all these people right. for oil or opium or what the fuck ever and it, it morally it's just not right i do not want a single penny of my money going towards that and if you're okay with that it, it's just mind-boggling you can't be to me, you you honest to God cannot be a good human being and be okay with war. You you can't. There, there's no way in my mind that you can really justify it unless it is a defensive war, and even then, that does not mean have total war. That does not mean you go in and exterminate entire races. You do not glass an entire country because of some tragedy that has happened. People making bad mistakes does not mean that millions of un unrelated lives have to be affected by it a war the only justified war is a defensive war in which the defending nation 
stops at their borders and does not aggress. We, we like this is this is the pinnacle. This is actually also what really started getting me into this type of thing. It was the idea of stop killing brown kids with my tax money. Mm. Like, why the fuck is our government going and doing this shit? And we have to put an end to it. Well, one, one thing about that is that you might look at China coming to our economic front door um, by giving uh, big corporations tax breaks to develop cheap products over there and with cheap labor. We've effectively uh, reduced not only our uh, physical workforce, but we've also do, reduced our economic workforce. Um, we were a very strong nation, ironically, before Nixon went to China uh, yeah. in terms of economic power. Um, but if you look at it now, um, we might as well use the Chinese yuan or the Zimbabwe dollar or the Venezuela Boulevard. It's just looks like we're going the same way as the Zimbabwe dollar did a while back, aren't we? <laughs> um, and our, the irony is, is that the largest country in Africa that is using Bitcoin is Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, they know that their dollar is useless. So they're going to a currency that is useful. Um, and if you you are in that one country, Bitcoin is like thirteen or fourteen thousand dollars or more, uh, depending on where you are. It's just trading higher. Um, and it's just really unique. Uh, a lot of people are skeptical about an anonymous decentralized coin. Mm. But if you pull out your if you pull out, uh, you know, a dollar bill or even uh, is that Alexander Hamilton right there on the ten dollar bill? That's that's the guy that invented centralized banking. Now, there are some uh, that say, well, that's a good thing. Well, eventually, centralization led to the Federal Reserve in 1913 and, and you know, federal taxes. So it might be a good thing on paper. But if this is not backed by anything, it's just paper. It's worthless. It's um, actually it's actually cloth. But yeah. Well, OK. But you get what my point is, is, is you know, eventually uh, centralization leads to um, a, a destruction of, of, of the na national economy. Um, and it, it, it looks like when Hamilton wanted a strong central bank and, a, and a, you know, in states to pay the debt to the federal uh, government, that he was reducing state power. Um, he didn't believe in it. He didn't believe in decentralization at all. Now, he was aware of this totally, um, but it, it was really in, the, the interesting thing is people celebrate him now as, as one of our best founding fathers. I'm not going to deride that, but you can tell now the dollar's not that worth anything. And I, I just don't see Hamilton as one of the best uh, examples now of where we should take our economy next. I mean, like, hey, some of our founding fathers owned slaves. Some of them raped said slaves. Some of them invented centralized banking. Like everybody has their flaws, right? Yeah. yeah. That was one time. Let it go. You know. <laughs> Did he have like four kids with that one slave though? I don't think that's one time. Maybe he's just very fertile, and it doesn't matter. Um, the the interesting thing about economics as a whole is, I mean, like the currency of even our fiat, fiat currency of the United States dollar is that it only has so much value as people place upon it, and that that's the fragility of it is that there's nothing backing the U.S. dollar, and that that's where major like not just a recession, but the, a depression on the, the scale that we've never even been able to fathom like 
world ending levels of depression. Like Weimar but, Republic level of yeah, like it, 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 yeah. I'm talking like Venezuelan levels of fucking the depression yeah. because what happens is if it starts sliding back, there's nothing to catch it anymore. The only thing they can do is pump more money, which is exactly what the Weimar uh, Republic did and ended up causing inflation and ended up hurting themselves even more. It's the same thing with Greece. Uh, they At just least when we had gold, we had like, okay, well, everybody values gold. God knows why. But everybody likes gold. So at least when the, when it starts going back, it there's something to say like, okay, you can't. The U.S. dollar could not be worth less than this amount of gold. It was bad. At least it had like some sort of stop. Now, if everybody stopped caring what, what the gold costs, then that would have been bad then. But now we're just we're really sitting on top of this really bad place, this really unstable position where it it's going bad. A good example of that is actually. Uh, Spain during the whole uh, New yeah. conquest because they had got so much gold that it became valueless, uh, and that's actually what caused the Spanish Empire to collapse. So There's actually a, a rumor, and I, I haven't verified this, but it's still pernicious that there is so much gold reserves hiding in some vaults that when gold hits a certain amount that these individuals or this company or this organization will release all the gold they have, which it's will make gold worthless. It, it's Switzerland. We all know that that's fucking well, Switzerland. I mean, We've been doing it for years. We know what you're fucking up to. I mean, if you think about that or Israel. Well, you mean that one random illegitimate state in the middle of the desert? I don't care. Hey, there's an actual official legitimate Jewish state in Russia. Israel is not a legitimate state. Prove me wrong. The legitimate Israel state, the legitimate Jewish state. No is state is legitimate. Prove me uh, fucking wrong. <laughs> what, what, Big brain, motherfuckers. What the fuck that place is? Is it uh, Kazakhstan? No, no. I can say it's its own fucking country. No, 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 no. no. It's, they're, it's they're, north they're, of China. It's, it's slightly north of China. No, but um, there used to be a state called Kazakhstan. It's in it's like modern day. Uh, like near the the Georgian areas with Russia and everything, and there were uh, basically Mongols, uh, Timur. Oh yeah, Kazakhstan is right. It's an old term. It's broken up, so I'm not quite. But there's actual officially Stalin, ironically, was for Jewish uh, the escape of Jewish people from Germany. So he he did. Uh, he did someone to do economics for him. Well, he protected the Jews and created a Jewish state in the 1940s. Um, in southern, uh, south, uh, I think southeast Russia, hmm. there's like only 30,000 Jews there, maybe probably less than that, maybe 5,000. But at one time, before Israel was created, um, it was the largest Jewish state in the world. Getting Except back to New York State. Getting back to the uh, subject at hand, and we've been, uh, Mike and I were very fortunate to recently have a meeting with uh, Saul the Agorist, uh, yeah. famous from Twitter oh, with yeah. his dank uh, memes. Um, but he is, I mean, Agorism is all about, uh, you know, counter economics. It's about fighting the system peacefully through hurting them through their wallet. It's a war of attrition. If we can get enough people to stop paying taxes, then eventually they will have to reduce their forces or alternatively they'll continue to do the same things that they're doing, go into mass inflation and collapse. 
<coughs> I'm also for either or. Win-win. It's a win-win. Now that being said, hi Mike, welcome to uh, the show. Uh, it's very good to have you as a, a guest. Oh, We've overthrown you. We're now three co-hosts. Yeah, but you put it all up wrong. <laughs> That's okay. It's it's like I told you. You have to work with the lemons. The lemons are there. You're, 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 we make lemonade, right? That's what anarchy does. That's I what mean, I'm like, hey, the title wasn't bad. The title wasn't bad, right? We we even changed the description for you. The fact that we got this far should be amazing to you, and I'm a little insulted that you. I, I, I don't even know how to work a Facebook. No, I'm a Capricorn. The only thing I can say is it's not good enough. Well, you're not good is enough. That's Pence. This is, is how it, I am. Is a Capricorn like a type of tree? What is that? I, I think it's a nut. I think it's a nut. It, it's like the Capricorn. It's, it's got to be a nut. He's definitely a nut. That is for sure. That's for fucking sure. Um, but yeah, no, we actually, were, I mean, y'all did get most of it up. We we were just talking about uh, Bitcoin, counter economics, the U.S. dollar, all that good stuff. Uh, talk about how the U.S. dollar is going. Like yeah, uh, but that's kind of what we were hitting on earlier. Is that every single time that there's a disaster, or in this particular case, and this has happened throughout history, whenever we've had uh, fiat currencies uh, since like the 1700s, uh, the moment that there becomes instability, the value of that area starts dropping dramatically like everybody's trusted the united states for a really really long time and that's the only reason why the united states dollar has stayed afloat for so long it's literally just a trust system and the what's happening now is everybody is seeing the united states stability as very very questionable nobody exterior of the united states likes donald trump nobody likes fucking biden for sure nobody likes what's going on they're all seeing they're seeing like a Spain issue going on right now. They're seeing mass protest. They're seeing mass civil disobedience. They're seeing that people here are not happy and they don't know what's going to happen. That's causing the U.S. dollar to very violently drop. Uh, we've seen it in the stocks. Like I'm a big stock guy and I'm not investing at all because I have no idea what's going on. And I'm not the only one doing it. It looks awful though. Mm-hmm. Like not going to lie. I don't do stocks, but I do... Uh, know people who talk about it and I'm like constantly looking at stuff about it because they're putting it in front of me and I'm just like I don't know what this is but this looks bad what's all this red for I don't like it (laughs) the stock market is bleeding (laughs) going down is the boogaloo I I, I don't want to see the stock markets going down well Um, here's the thing is that that the stock (laughs) has gone up but it's all premature and uh, it's just fake money basically they're getting pumped by the federal government Wall Street saying hey we're going to rise but as soon as the money runs out it's going to do another crash I mean like yeah that's what happens when you depend on monopoly money as soon as the dollar starts going down you know that the crypto starts going up the scary thing about it though is they're literally doing the same thing as the housing crisis yes they're they're literally copy and pasting what happened it's like they've learned absolutely fucking nothing from it they're they're literally telling these places and i I can guarantee you it's exactly what's going to happen again you have donald trump of all people telling these people hey uh go ahead like keep interest rates low if something bad happens, we'll just bail you out. No harm to you. The economy keeps going because Donald Trump is desperate for the economy to be good right now. He's willing to suck whomever's dick and get come all over his face yeah. if yes. it means it's that the economy can stay good. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, 
and, and it's what the previous presidents have done. They've traded American lives. Like people have died over this for people to have the presidency. They're willing to exchange people's entire livelihoods for the presidency. They, they don't care about you. They care about the power. They care about the control. You are a number to them. You are a cog in the system. The only way you have any control of your life is if you actually stop paying taxes. If you pull out of the system, if you start growing your own food, working with your neighbors, using Bitcoin, and keeping your information private, the less information they have on you, the less... Uh, the less money that they know is going through you, the less stuff that the less movement they know that you're doing as far as like moving from point A to point B, where you're going with what, what you're doing with your time, the better off we are as a whole society. I mean, it's IRS, I, I lost all my paychecks in a boating accident. Exactly. Uh, let's see if that one will work. The, the problem is, is that they would still fuck you. They would bend you over and just, they, they, no lube or anything, they would still try to fuck you. Because oh, what they're going to say <laughs> is that's not our problem. Our our job here is to take that money that you did or did not lose. They don't care about you. They do not care in the slightest. Uh, Dan Berman actually talks about this quite a bit when he uh, is talking about how he hasn't paid taxes. Yeah. Has, there's all kinds of loopholes around it. He can just... You know, there's all kinds of loopholes. We really need to have him on the show again. It would be really interesting to have him back on after all the stuff that's happened. Well, not only that, but he uh, he's in Mexico right now, if I believe. Exactly. Is he Mike, we can visit Dan Berman. We haven't talked about that yet. There's <laughs> <laughs> possible that is how like, oh my god, hi. He, he's in Mexico because he doesn't want to pay anything into the government. So he doesn't have a driver's license that's state-owned. He does, the only thing he has state-owned is a passport. And he's going to try to become a dual citizen. Not in Mexico, but somewhere else is, as the last conversation I heard about that. Um, but th the idea is that your Social Security number is tied to the Fed. Your driver's license is tied to the Fed. You know, your paycheck's tied to the Fed. So he was trying to reduce everything to the point where Nothing is tied to him, of course. He only has a passport now. I think he's back in the States temporarily running for governor of Texas. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. That is correct. Like a chat. Not bizarre, but okay. Uh, good luck. Look, I'm really – well, it's not that bizarre. This is the second time, I think. Oh. Um, and he wow. has ties to Texas and stuff, so hmm. it's not like he picked a rando state. He picked a state that he likes to be i mean that he's been active in before really quick now that we're we, we're on the subject of texas can we talk about elon musk and joe rogan <laughs> that, that's no yes that that's really interesting because we have, i haven't had time this week to keep up with it y'all tell me what's going on first. Two progressive liberals i guess paxton would they be considered technically liberal uh, uh, yeah, well, Elon Musk, not so much. He, he's like, from what I can tell from, I mean, he doesn't go into politics a whole lot, but from what I can tell, he's literally an Ancapistan. I mean, he is literally just like, screw the government I mean, regulations. You know he is. He's a meme Lord who runs a huge billion dollars. What is the difference? What is the difference? Honestly, <laughs> but I mean, really, he's a dude that says, screw the regulations and all that stuff. All I want to do is throw money at this things and let's progress human beings as a whole. Like that, that's, that's his whole that's philosophy. His, he moved to Austin, Texas, which is another blue oriented uh, municipality. And it's like, dude, you don't get it. He may get in Campistan, but he doesn't get how it operates in the blue. 
I mean, the, the whole deal about that is you have Elon Musk there who has many, many dollars, to say the least. He can now bankroll whomever is going to lower regulations for him in that area. That, now, the other side of that is you have Joe Rogan, somebody that Mike and I both very much so love uh, very dearly. Like, even though he drastically disagrees with a lot of yeah. politics, he is like so open minded and so willing to have a conversation with so many. Like, he's just so interested in learning, and we've loved the man to death. Like, he's easily one of the greatest human beings alive. Uh, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, no, no. Easily one of the greatest human. He can beat the shit out of you and then, like, ask about your feelings afterwards. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he can. Um, but, the, but yeah, he's he is a what would probably be described as a liberal. Uh, and he's leaving California to move to Texas. It's 100% official. Like, he's bringing all of his shit yeah. over to Texas now. Um, Which will be closer to you all, actually. I mean, I, you could probably visit him. You could probably get on the Joe Rogan show. <laughs> you guys fucking wish. We'll just drive over there and harass people. I'm, I'm pretty popular. I'm a white person, so. <laughs> oh, you're a white person. Yeah, just uh, don't block traffic in Texas. You'll get shot. Yeah. Yes. That. That. Yeah. <laughs> not. Not two. Not that was one time. Yeah, one time. But uh, one time I asked, I've accidentally blocked traffic in Texas and gotten like love tapped by vehicles. Nobody's nice in Texas when you get in the way. Speaking of getting a shot, would you like to tell people about the whole uh, Garrett situation, Mike? Oh, uh, yeah. Like the reason why I bring it up is because a couple of nights ago during the BLM protest, there was a shooting. And at first it came out where everybody was like, well, this moron Foster pointed his gun at these guys and fire at this car and fired, and then they fired back. But as the night, I mean, as the day progressed, it came out that um, apparently there were two shooters, but Garrett Foster was not one of them. And what happened by me looking, okay, I've watched the videos and stuff like that, and what it looks like happened was this guy was being an ass with his car. He ran through orange cones and shit like that and came up into the protest. And the protesters were, they weren't like going at him. They were moving like with him at first. And then people started like kind of like bunching on the sides and being like, hey, stop, you're going to kill somebody and shit like that. And, uh, then he shot Garrett, and somebody in the crowd returned fire. Huh. Is what happened. As yeah. you should do. Um, they brought so in both just, shooters. Before you keep going, uh, just to clarify, so what you're saying is Garrett was a person in the crowd. Yeah, he was a protester. So he his, was a protester. Yeah, and he was he was with his paraplegic wife, who's in a wheelchair. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. Yeah. There's yeah, so many but, shootings these days, it's hard for me to keep up. Well, yeah, I remember saying that, that he was threatening the guy, and I was just my the whole time while that was going through the narrative, I was thinking, How do you threaten someone while you're pushing your paraplegic? Wife like, fucking in the holder in the like, exactly. I mean, this story has changed so many times in the last few days, that it's just hard to keep up with whose narrative is true. Well, I know that far, the police have taken the shooter, both shooters in. And they have talked to them and questioned them and let them both go under a pending investigation. 
I mean, and, in the heat of the moment in a, in a protester type situation, I avoid protests like the plague, like COVID-19. So I, I really don't, I, I can't say, you know, oh my gosh, this is a tragedy and we must go out and, and, and do, do protesting. Well, we're gone from George Floyd to Garrett now. Which person dying? So many people getting murdered on this show. We've talked about this guy, Garrett Oster. We've talked about Whitaker here that happened in Phoenix. We've talked about George. We've had to talk about so many innocent people getting murdered, and it's just we're all numb to it at this point. That's a fucking shame. We have to stop. Well, in this situation, in this situation, we don't actually know what happened, and this would not be a protest situation. It's not like the police killed him. Well, the police apparently let a guy go who killed him. Well, defund the police, right? I mean, we don't abolish abolish the police. Defund the police. Don't defund the police, abolish the police. Anyways, what really fucking bothers me about all of this is that in the middle of it, we have like book boys and libertarians and stuff like that um, talking shit about this dude. Um, from what we I can tell, all the witnesses are saying the exact same thing, which is that the guy is that Garrett was like walking up with the rest of the people and that the guy just shot him while people were yelling at him to be quiet. I mean, to get out of the road, you were going to like hurt somebody. Um, I don't think that, I mean, like I, I don't really think that standing in somebody's way, which he wasn't, it looked like he was off to the side, um, is a reason to be shot. And I think that people are so high strung right now that they feel threatened all the time. And the media has everybody so wound up because they're telling people that like if your car gets surrounded you're going to get attacked and then you know everybody's going to yell at you for hitting people and shit like that um i i feel like we created this situation that happened with garrett foster as a society because we've been agging this on we've been stirring the pot we've been creating division and fear as as they do as the media does as much as they can and i don't think that this would have happened at all if it hadn't been for all of the like extremely polarized coverage of the media that we've had today and like the guy was with the boog he was a libertarian and man we even have these people jumping the gun to fucking talk shit on him than are with the boog and libertarians and stuff like that and they don't even know what's happened what we do know is that he didn't fire at this guy and he was killed. And there are people that claim to be part of the same groups as him that are being really fucking disgustingly tacky. And uh, honestly, it's like, it's just making me sick. So I, I don't necessarily agree about the whole cultural and societal thing. I think this really comes down to we, we need to hold people with guns more accountable. If you have a gun, it shouldn't just be about having a gun. You need, like, you need to understand the responsibility that comes behind a gun. Enough with this fear well, with guns. We don't have a gun culture. That, that's part of the problem. Is and that as much as Texas would like to say they do, they really fucking don't anymore. Texas has gone downhill. 
Yeah, I mean, when you when you when it comes down to it, I'll take a country boy, you know, from Texas any time that's been growing up around his his you know twenty two rifle his entire life. He knows not to fucking ever point it at something unless he wants it absolutely obliterated. But the problem is, is that there's a massive purchase of guns all of a sudden because there's so much anxiety right now, and people are scared that guns are going to be taken away. So you have people that are uh, pro Second Amendment, but they're largely, largely uneducated in that. When you buy a firearm, you need to understand the responsibility about that. So that, that's why Maj is such a great person, because he goes out there and he tells people about the responsibility. This isn't just, oh, man, I'm fucking cool. I've got a fucking gun. I can do whatever I want. Nobody's going to fuck with me. That's small dick shit. That is, you are a weak human being with uh, that, that needs to get out of the gene pool, quite frankly. But we the, the biggest thing is that you need to understand that that gun never ever you shouldn't even be fucking holding it unless you feel genuinely threatened and you're, you're you feel like your life could end at a moment's notice well in this situation we don't know if he felt threatened or if he's making it up because the shooter is the only person that says garrett pointed his gun at him he and I, I, it becomes a fucking cop situation they think that he had a gun and therefore they executed him because right. of it. No, well, that's, everybody like, knew he had a gun because he was carrying a rifle. But did he point it at him? As far as like what we know from witness accounts is that all the witnesses said that, I mean, didn't say, didn't even mention that. They mentioned that he was just walking, that he came up and told the guy. So where uh, the fuck are the boob boys like, then? Where the fuck are these people that are supposed to well, be like ready to fight the government, but they're not willing to call out? Like, if this person was a boo no, boy and was. Hold on, Mike. Why don't you let me finish? Yeah. If there's boog boys there and there's libertarians there, right? There, there's these people that are supposedly willing to fight against the government. They need to be trained and well educated in how to handle firearms. Is that or is that not something that we believe, right? Well, yeah, but like. So, why. Why are they not holding him accountable if that is something that actually exchanged? You would you would think they were they not holding who accountable? The Boog people that were there. I'm sure he was not the only person. There were not most there. likely military people. There were most likely other Boog boys there. There were well, most I likely other libertarians. Somebody returned fire. Say say that again. I said I assumed that there was because somebody in the crowd returned fire after Garrett was shot. So that would mean to me that it was likely not a justified shooting. If somebody no, was actually, there and saw the no. event, saw somebody get shot and says, and then returns fire against the shooter, if, if I see a good guy shoot a bad guy, I'm not going to shoot the good guy for shooting the bad guy. If I see a bad guy shoot a good guy, that's when you have well, to. Let's do some in. detective work here, right? And that's well, that seems. What are you trying to say here? Are you trying to say that Garrett was not justifiably shot because yes. they were yes. fired? Yes, that's exactly what we're saying. Well, that's not necessarily always true, but I I feel that um I feel that return fire was justified. Even yeah. okay, let, let let's say even if he did have a rifle brandished. He had They haven't sounds, released who was the second shooter yet, so we don't know if it was Boog it, Boy or what. There was also a crowd of people there. So whomever shot first into this crowd could have killed his, killed his uh, paraplegic, is that what you said? Yeah. Paraplegic wife or another person that wasn't even armed. 
This this was a person that seems was most likely panicked because they were surrounded by a crowd and shot into the crowd hoping to disperse it. This was somebody that was not educated and could not handle their fucking firearm. That's the way that I'm going to go with it. Until well, we have I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you at all. What really pisses me off is that one of the reasons why I feel the bug people are not calling it out as much is because they're too busy fighting with each other over it right now. But yeah, the libertarians are too busy fucking um, fighting over what the fuck ever. Well, it's not it's just the only thing the libertarians though. I'm not even talking about the libertarians because, like, let me make a joke, Mike. Not libertarian. <laughs> It's bullshit the way that people are jumping to fucking, like, when they have a chance. It's bullshit Aryans. Well, yeah, when something happens to a book boy out there doing the same thing that every all these other book boys are doing right now, um, a lot of them go get pussied out, and they have to immediately start, you know, like, bootlicking and screaming about how he didn't have his shit right, he didn't do this right, he didn't do that right. Well, they don't know any of this shit. Like, it's all off of speculation. We can only go off of what we do know. And, like, it's it's really just gross. It's really off-putting. Before we go into the next subject that is segued into this, I, I just want to say and really stress that if you are a boog person, if you are a libertarian, if you are an anarchist, we need to hold each other accountable because everybody... And I literally mean everybody, like across the fucking world that has a television and can see U.S. politics right now, they are watching us. They want a reason to put us away. You hold each other accountable. If there is some boog boy and he fucking is some Nazi racist piece of shit or what the fuck ever, and he goes out there and shoots somebody Nazi for no fucking reason, we need to call that out. I don't give a shit what kind of Hawaiian shirt he was wearing and how pretty and majestic it was. Fuck him. He's not yeah. part of our fucking... Yeah, but in this situation, they're trying to, like, throw him under the fucking bus before they even know what's going on, saying that it was his fault. And that's the other thing. We also have to have each other's back whenever a person who wasn't a pedophile, Nazi fed, or whatever, yeah. whenever they and get in trouble, we have to have each other's fucking backs because nobody's going to have now, There are people who are, like, standing up for him and shit, but that's why I assume no nothing... I mean, like, there's not, it's not an organized group, first off. And there's a lot of people who think, it, you know, like, who are mad and, like, why are we not backing him up? And then there's a lot of people who are acting like fucking cucks. And it's just really weird. We have to call out the, the fucking whole, cucks. The whole thing about this is this is a brotherhood. We have taken an oath to resist authoritarianism. That We have all accepted the idea that it's very likely that we could die for what we believe in. That is something that we've decided in blood as far as i'm concerned we've all taken a blood oath to uphold that that if something happens that you're literally you look like a fucking member of the blood (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck you mean if you walked out on the south side they would shoot the shit out of you right now don't this the fit okay bitch my point is is that we've all agreed to the same thing that we've all agreed that if things really hit the fans whenever they do come inevitably for the second amendment when they try to take our weapons we will be there in the trenches fighting and dying beside each other and it doesn't matter if they are black if they are jewish if they're fucking israeli it does not matter as long as they're anti-authoritarian that is the oath that is the creed that is what I am willing to die for, and I know that you guys are willing to die for. And I hope, and I, I, I pray to the o- Omega Boogaloo boy sitting out in the greats beyond in his glorious Hawaiian shirt that 
we can uphold to that and that we hold each other accountable to that. I don't have confidence in it. I don't. I don't believe that they will fight. I believe they're going to fucking cuck out and argue. I believe that everybody is like that. Basically. Not everybody's a libertarian, Mike. Like, calm down. Jeez. And, <laughs> anyway. And I'm just going to say, if you are a libertarian or an anarchist or a whatever, and you own a gun and you don't know how to use it, learn how to fucking use your gun. If you cannot recite the four rules of gun safety from memory, you should get the fuck out there and get index cards if you fucking have to like we're back in third grade and you should fucking do it you need to learn this stuff you need to be able to maintenance your firearm shoot your firearm adequately you need, and to, you need to know how to do all of it safely yes yeah you have to be able to even when you're super high and on the spot know what your fucking rules are and shit like they have hey mike you're super high and on the spot learn what you, you know you're fucking oh wait where's it oh, going you didn't no, i mike. did actually uh, yeah, I did. It Where's your gun at, Mike? Because I couldn't stop giggling first. Where's your gun at, Mike? Yeah, he forgot. Um, treat. I think which. Wait, which one did you forget? Uh, treat every firearm as if it is loaded. I think that's the one that you forgot. No, it wasn't the loaded. He was trying one. to use it as a bong, it wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to use it as a bong. It's, like, like, it's not lighting. It's not lighting. <laughs> it's like, oops! I shot my my face. Yeah. At least I didn't have to do a no knock warrant. Mike, yeah. At least I didn't shoot my dick off. Mike, yeah. where is your gun? <laughs> right there. It's a trick question, Mike. It's a trick question. It got right lost. It got lost in the way. You're lucky I'm not a fed. Jesus. God, I don't fucking care at this point. Okay. You know why. You okay. know why. You yes. know why I don't yes. care. Let, let, let's get into Max's segue. Okay, guys, this is something that I've been meaning to talk about. And uh, this was earlier this month. I believe the most recent version of this uh, this disastrous, unconstitutional mess that they're calling a bill. Uh, fuck, which one is that? It's HR something or another, right? And I think it was uh, Raskin, some son of a bitch from Maryland who should go fucking rot in hell. Uh, he said, hey, guys, um, let's ban because it's not enough to ban guns, right? Because. Here, he, some some of the PA Ludi and Deterrence Suspense and Defense Distributed, they all taught us this lesson. You can't ban information. You can't ban, a, like, guns unless you ban fucking hardware stores and how to use hand tools. And this is basically what the motherfucker's trying to do. He's, uh, this is the, uh, I can't remember what the colloquial name is. Uh, it's the, oh yes, this act may be at, uh, cited as the Stop Home Manufacture of Ghost Guns Act of 2020, because apparently they don't just want to stop you from being able to buy a gun, they want to stop you from having a drill press. Um, it, it, it's ridiculous. It, um, it bans machines that can be used to create guns, so you'll have to take my drill press and files, come and fucking, I want to come and take it flag with just like a drill press. Um, they're gonna have to ban they're gonna or they're gonna try to ban uh components uh build kits um which are specifically targeted to take down all the people who are making the receivers and building the rest of the firearm with a kit and they're they're basically saying that a firearm mac manufacturing machine is and this is a quote from the bill a device designed or redesigned made or remade and intended to be used primarily to make or convert a product into a frame or receiver for a firearm. And it also includes 
any combination of parts designed or intended for use in making a device described in subparagraph blah 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 and from which such a device could be readily assembled they're come they're not just coming to take your guns they're coming to take your pins your 80 percent lowers your 3d printers your ghost gunners your fucking drill press anything that you could use to possibly make a gun they don't have to prove that it was made to make a gun they just have to say oh well you intended for it to be used to make guns and this is fucking bullshit and i'm pissed about it what do the rest of you guys think i i b before we we dive any further into that i just want to point out like how grossly dangerous that is because when the japanese this is world war ii the japanese were convinced that the united states and the allies were going to land on japanese islands and essentially massacre them for what they've done uh, because of all the propaganda and everything. They were convinced that they were going to have to fight and die to the last man. So what they started doing was improvised weapons. If you if you do this, if you make it to the point where we cannot produce weapons in an emergency situation, what you're doing is essentially neutering the United States. Whenever you have such a lack of stability right now, where it, it, there's there's reasonable question of if there's going to be a civil war if not just a cultural civil war it, it, it's prime time for a, a a country to invade because if they they have no weapons to defend themselves it's literally one of the main reasons that prevents people from attacking us is that they know there's so many fucking weapons here there'll be a gun behind every blade of grass right exactly like yeah. taking over texas alone is like invading russia it, it's not going to be a good time for anybody uh the like the japanese got so desperate in that time that they were literally just making like instructing regular farmers to on how to make giant furnaces and melt down metals and make cast iron like single shot muskets essentially and uh, you like know what those farmers were farmers. because oh, it's not hard to make a gun because if they want to do this they won't have to just ban this they won't just have to ban this they're going to have to ban fucking files and hammers and screwdrivers and nuts and bolts. Lowe's will go out of business. Yeah, so that is very uh, unfortunate that you're going to lose all those things on the boat, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I, 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 well, I, I haven't lost it yet. Obviously uh, this is my third one. Uh, the other two, I, I, I lost over on uh, like power. I, I, I am going fishing this weekend though. I'm going to 3d print the hook. The insurance, so, the insurance agencies must really hate us. Yeah. Right in the lake all the time. Oh, Kel oh Kelly, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I lost another one and they're just, God, uh, it's probably people. just down there with all of the AR lowers that I haven't printed. We're, we're but, running out of fresh water because all of our guns are dumped in the lakes. That's basically it's, what's yeah, going on. It, it, it's just the corrosion. It makes the water all polluted. It's killing the It's a huge disaster. Yeah, you can uh, walk maybe, on water. You know what? We Maybe maybe we can ban fishing, too, because that, that yeah, that'll fix all of it. It'll problems. prevent us from throwing away all the guns. Yeah, you do know that uh, when uh, the Germans were losing the war... Uh, that the old, old there was only two types of soldiers: the young boys and the old men, and they didn't necessarily have their own weapons or knew how to make it. So and the young boy has been ranting for a while, and the old man just entered. How's it going? What they did what they did is they scoured weapons with from a dead German and a dead American soldier, and they didn't know how to use it. Um, but they at least had weapons. So what the American soldiers did came out. Some of them came out unarmed and just said, "Put down your weapons." Because they didn't know how to use it, they were like, "Well, what if it, you know, kills me?" 
as well. So some of back to the original point, learn how to use your guns, learn how to use them safely and adequately to defend yourself and anybody who needs defense. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. You're coming a regular around here, Jay. Hey, uh, what is this? This is twice in a month. <laughs> I think so. Something I, like that. I'm not. Uh, I'm not opposed to it, to be honest. You, you had Hobby on again. I, I can't. I can't uh, fall behind him. Do, do well, you? Yeah. Do you actually have corrections for me? No. Just, <laughs> okay. In I, general, I, I, like it, it's it's kind of impossible. I understand. It's it's. Oh, oh, oh. oh ha 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 ha. <laughs> uh, just. Just my my one uh, comment would be: it's too late to stop home manufacture. Absolutely too oh, late. Yeah. It was too late twenty years ago because I don't know Pakistan exists. Like, exists. We've had the Kyber Path, motherfucker. We've, we've had Cody it's, Wilson. We've had Ivan the Troll, and all these people—they've been killing gun control since before it's been conceived. Yeah. And that's good. I fucking love that shit. Um, and I mean, like, I don't think that, you know, I think that if we had, I think that you're partially right. I still believe that we kind of culturally built the situation with Garrett Foster Paxton, but like, um, I mean, like, yeah, if we had, um, a regular gun culture and people weren't panicking into the gun ownership and into gun ownership right now, we probably wouldn't have as many problems. I mean, even people whom seemingly didn't do that at this point, like we had the, uh, what is it? What, what was that group that went to Kentucky and then like they had like misfires and shot oh, each that, other? Uh, not effing around coalition. Yeah, the NFCA or the NFAC. The NFAC guys, they're all like walking around looking like badasses and stuff, and then they're shooting each other on accident. <laughs> it's just, you know, I, like everyone says, there, there's a there's gun control and there's gun control. For me, I'm on the latter. We need to control how we operate none of our guns, not how we operate other people's guns. That's the problem with the state gun control, though, is people are going to continue buy guns. And we're definitely not, like it, they're literally going to have to do a genocide in order to take away the Second Amendment. Like that's just straight up. Yeah, at this point, this you, point. But the, the problem with them limiting <laughs> guns and making guns into a negative is that they're hurting gun control as, as a culture uh, because well, people are just gun buying guns because it's the edgy thing to do. It's literally weed. Guns are the new weed is the crazy thing. Like people well, don't go there and buy guns. People buy guns, but as long as they learn how to use them correctly. That's the problem, though. Is fucking people are going out there and just buying it because it's edgy and cool. And like, look how cool I am. I'm, I'm count. I'm uh, the uh, what is it? The counterculture. Like everybody hates guns, and I have a gun now, and I'm fucking edgy and cool, and I love Slipknot. And, you know, all well, that I shit. mean, like you know, there's a difference between being able to control your gun and gun control, you know. And these people seem, a lot of people seem to right now be running out to get guns because they think they'll give them control. So I'm just, real quick. I'm just gonna say I just sent into the uh, into the YouTube comments uh, the the uh, link to the bill that was proposed by that. Uh, oh, the message was deleted. Huh. Yeah, I don't see it. I've been. Um, but, uh, I think uh, 
that link in there. I don't, I don't think it ever popped up. Uh, so, so if you guys want, you can read through that, all of y'all uh, in here and elsewhere. Uh, you can read through that, get absolutely disgusted, and send a letter to Raskin telling him to go fuck himself. Yay. <laughs> there was much rejoicing. Maxwell's not effing around. I am not fucking around anymore. I you agree. Can, you I'm can tell by how he's joined a gang recently. Is this, yeah. this to up your your like rap game? Is that what it is? It you, is you got top, you, you're game. trying to increase your street cred. Yeah. I hit I got clout. Okay. Cred <laughs> uh, now. The never ending enjoyment whenever a fucking skinny white boys say clout. <laughs> cred is more believable. Cred is more street language. Yeah. I got street it's cred. It's all about that now. clout. It's all about that clout. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we continue screaming about guns until one of us has an eye pop out and hit the inside of their sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, uh, already happened. <laughs> uh, I wanted to bring, I wanted to actually ask Jay on earlier and I didn't get a chance to because I fell asleep. Oh, God, my. <laughs> but I, I was talking about it earlier and I was like, I've been curious and waiting for this for freaking over a week now. I need my uh, libertarian convention uh, <laughs> gossip and shit. Like, Tales they, of the delegation? Yeah, they, he, he went there as a delegate, right? Yes. And so, first off, Mrs. Bear and I were before both we get, uh, on before site. Before we get into the gossip, will you explain what it's like to be a delegate and go do this stuff? Like, what do you have to do? What's, what's the big deal with being a delegate? So every fourth year, uh, state conventions all around the country will vote, you know, individual uh, affiliates. So these are state LP affiliates will vote um, however many delegates they're allotted by this crazy formula, which involves a number of national members in your state party uh, multiplied by, you know, pi squared to whatever percentage the POTUS candidate got the last election. So if, you know, Gary Johnson got 50% of Oklahoma or something, we would have had a lot more delegates, even though we had the same number of people. Anyway, Oklahoma this year got 14. So at our state convention, we formally, actually not at our state convention, we had a special online uh, election that we did through our state committee and we selected our delegates and, and all that back in March or April, somewhere in there. Um, so I was selected, my wife was selected, and various other people. And then all of the COVID nonsense kind of crashed everything to the ground. And we weren't even sure if we were going to have an in-person. You know, we've talked before about how the LP did their, yeah. their bifurcated. We're going to do an online session, and then we'll do an in-person session. In-person got booted from Austin to Orlando. Um, and as everyone's leaving for Orlando, you know, everybody goes COVID crazy again. And yeah. we were we were irresponsible for going to Florida. Um, in fact, absolutely zero people seem to have caught the COVID cooties from being at the convention in person. So, you know, whatever. Uh, but anyway, we we got selected. We we took the uh, Liberty minivan down there to Orlando. Um, that's a whole nother experience. We took uh, uh, OG Frank Robinson with us, who's like the only, oh, wow. the only founder 
that we know of that's left. Um, and he's a riot. He's an absolute riot. He was like, he's had chemo. He's like, I'm going. So anyway, um, I want to meet this dude. Someday. Frank is the man. Uh, you would love Frank. He's the original. I want to say he's the original ANCAP. Like, seriously. I don't know how many people have more ANCAP points than Frank Robinson. Um, but anyway, he, he rode down with us. He was in our delegation. Um, probably about half of us were able to actually go. So on site, you know, we had our treasurer, Dave Greer, me, uh, my wife, who's the state secretary, uh, Chris Powell. I think, has he been on here before? I don't know if Chris has been Not on yet, here. No. He's one of our yet. elected dudes. Yeah. Um, Hobby was a remote. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, the Todd father actually rolled out too. He came down. I love so we've guy had guy probably guy. five or six on site. I think Robert Murphy as well. He's another old timer, sort of old school guy. And then we all got in this giant room that they had set up because they said, oh, we need to have a six foot space for up to a thousand people. So they put us in the 96,000 square foot room. Oh, wow. The, that been at the Orange County Convention Center. Uh -huh. and it, was, we, it was so spaced, it was so spread out. We were safer at the hotel convention than we would be going to Walmart as far as, you know, disease. <laughs> anyway, it just, uh, it all kicked off. Basically, the first day, uh, the parliamentarian of the party had said, hey, you know, you guys have to let the in-person people vote to allow the online people to even, you know, exist as delegates. And that was a huge fight. So we did that. The whole first day was credentials. The, the credential report should take about half an hour while people haggle over who has how many delegates. And right. For, you know, not that long. The whole day. The entire first day, because the online people were, you know, panicking that they were going to get disenfranchised by the evil people who actually drove to Orlando, even though that was the deal we all made and everybody on Memorial made Day. Exactly. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and that, that, to me, the goalposts kept moving. You know, they were basically on wheels by the time convention got there. So we, anyway, we. We ended up uh, getting there. Everybody just kind of said screw it and voted to allow whoever online. Because I mean, honestly, Oklahoma had half our people there, but our our half that were at home told us if you have to burn it to the ground, burn it. They were like, if it's not going to work out, then don't. We had this, uh, you know, this voting system, this Porcupine app, this web app that they had written that hadn't really been tested too well and it it didn't work the first day that was the other part of the first day everybody's trying to vote using this brand new untested app lots of lots of crap going on um the if you'll recall at memorial day at the end of the online convention mr sarwark said he dropped the bomb on everybody at the very end he said i will not be chairing an in-person convention and then he dared everybody to you know replace him right then and there and we were all like uh what well, Nick got cold feet. 
So Wait, he just Nick randomly was, was like, I'm not going to cheer this. We're not right. Nick had been talking the entire time about how it's irresponsible to go and during a pandemic and have a big meeting. But that was the deal that everybody well, made yeah, at the end of Memorial Day. Voted for and decided on. Right. That had been decided. Nick said, I'm not going to chair. Everyone says, fine, whatever. Uh, Alex Merced took over. He's the vice chair and the nicest man in the Libertarian Party. So Alex finished the online bit, and it is understood that he's going to chair the in-person when we get there. Now, funny story. Nick Sarwark shows up as a delegate from New Hampshire. <laughs> so clearly it was irresponsible, except for he wanted to go, presumably to, I don't know, lecture people. I mean, that sounds about right. So he gets there. He's he's hitting the mic a lot. He, you know, there, I'm not the one who's going to tell all the stories. Um, we were down there with Aaron Adams, who's basically, uh, you know, Aaron, right, from Drunk and Disorderly. Yeah. Media. She's our she's our uh, region alternate. But since our region gal uh, Whitney was sick, Aaron was actually promoted to regional rep for the times but anyway once you get to convention all that's out the window so anyway uh, I'm getting off track I know you're waiting for the the the, the disc heard around the world oh, God. <laughs> so Nick at one point had gotten up to give a speech about how I don't even remember what it was about it's on the YouTube stream he got booed by the entire hall at one point and that's the whole famous I'm, I'm in mixed company. You know what he said. It's been all over social media. So mm -hmm. uh, at one point, Alex Percet, who's chairing the convention, is frustrated because he's worried about the vote. He doesn't want to preside over a vote wherein the online participants might be cut out. So he says, I can't, I can't do this. Now, I have it on impeccable authority of what happened. I couldn't see it from where I was sitting because I was towards the back. But Nick had been kind of parading around uh, near one of the microphones. And he started, and when Alex Brissett said, I'm going to turn the gavel over, Nick starts walking to the stage. The story that I hear, what he basically was saying without saying was, all you have to do is ask Alex, like, I'll take over. Alex Merced looks straight at Nick, takes the gavel, hands it off, blind pass to Omar Requero, former, uh, he's, a, he's a, one of the Florida delegates. Oh. Wow. It's <laughs> just ice cold. Ice cold. <laughs> I'm going to eat some of that ice for that burn. Omar Requero is a fantastic dude. And I actually congratulated him in the hall after the first day said, you know, congratulations. You're my favorite. You're my favorite relief pitcher. And we joked about, <laughs> he was the, he was the closer for the evening, you know, and then yeah. Alex was, and then it was fine. Alex didn't have any uh, conflict of interest or any feelings on it. So he picked up again. Day two and three were pretty smooth. God damn, after all of that, like, I still yeah. don't actually know very much about our new, uh, 
libertarian chair either. Do you know much about them? So Joe Bishop Henchman was an at-large member of the committee. He was seen by many as, you know, Nick's heir to a degree. I don't know how fair that is. I do know that he is from DC, lives in DC with his husband, all this stuff. Um, Josh, of course, did not win his chair race. Uh, Josh Smith, if online participation had not been allowed, Josh Smith would have walked away from that, would have walked away with the chair seat on the first round. He had everybody in the hall, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, there are people that'll tell you the online uh, delegations surged when it was time for the chair race and then predictably faded away. A lot of people were only logging in to vote and then, you know, running off. So, yeah. Anyway, Josh, Josh got an at-large seat anyway. So uh, the board as it stands now is pretty much, I think, uh, sane in uh -huh. that, in that like last session, last cycle, you know, two years, Nick had, basically he had, a, he had enough people that were on his team that he couldn't get in trouble. Uh, I, I think Joe Bishop Henchman, he's not in trouble. No, but he's not made anybody mad. It just, he doesn't have that veto proof rubber stamp that Nick had. So it's going to have, they're going to have to work together is what I'm saying. That's good. As opposed to railroad. Yeah. The highlights you can see on YouTube of, you know, Nick's NOTA speech and yeah. there's, trying to, you know, whip up the crowd and mm, nah. <laughs> Does anybody like Nick? Does that a lot of people. A lot yeah, of people. There are people who like Nick. Yeah. I have only ever heard people shitting on him. Um, there's definitely factions. And I mean, it's kind of hilarious. We, I saw Nick in the, uh, in the hotel food court after convention adjourned on Sunday. And uh, I was sitting with uh, Aaron and then John Phillips from Illinois and they were eating and then Nick and his group came over and sat down nearby and then they all started talking because Aaron and John are on the committee. So they constantly talk to Nick anyway. And then as he was leaving and I was leaving, we both threw trash in the same receptacle. And I said, hey man, he had been talking about his, uh, he was gonna run for county attorney in New Hampshire where he lives. And I just said, hey man, uh, good luck in your race cause I'm an adult, right? I mean, he's done an incredible amount of damage to the party but I still think he probably, I hope he does well in his county attorney race. You're nicer than me. I would have probably been well, You know I am. Genuinely How many counties are there in New Hampshire? I'm looking this I don't up. know, I don't know. I'm I'm genuinely genuinely curious if there is anything positive that Nick Sarwick is well, seeing. People as say he brought a lot of people in, but a lot of them are. I mean, like most. Of them, I'm like fucking. Well, I used Shit to like defend. That. What the fuck do you mean, Nick? On occasion, when I saw people saying, "Oh, he's bringing in the alt right," or he's bringing in communists, I'm like, oh, "Hold on, which is it?" I used to say, "Hey, this is it's either one or the other. Either he's a." Crypto fascist or he's a crypto commie. You got to pick which crypto guy. No, no, no. He's a crypto nazbol. He's a crypto nazbol. 
Yeah. You think? Which one? I mean, crypto Nazgul, it's both. <laughs> A national Bolshevik. Yeah. Well, anyway, I there are people that like Nick. Nick did, you know, he, he ran the party for six years. Um, there are people that say, yeah, he didn't do that bad of a job. There are people who like him. There are people who can't stand him. There are people who are some amount of either one of those, but still realize you got to work with who you got to work with. So I congratulated him and I said, Hey, you know, good luck in your race. And then I said, and then I said, yeah, um, I don't, I don't think we can do another hybrid convention again. And then he said, well, you know, everybody thought I was trying to tank the in-person convention, but I always said I would support it. And I'm, I'm just standing there. Uh-huh. Even if I had gotten to that point, trying to be nice, I'd have been shaking his hand and popped him in the face. (laughs) Slapped him. Just slap him. He's not even worth punching, though. Just reach out and slap him. Open hand. Don't make a fist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't draw the blade. He doesn't deserve the blade, right? Just the scabbard. Yeah. The only thing I've heard positive is that he supposedly helped with getting us ballot access. He helped. I mean, yeah. the committee, the national party, put some money into Oklahoma ballot access back in the day. <laughs> and it just seems like every time we say, but what you're doing right now is BS. Remember that time we helped you with ballot access would be kind of his approach. And like, right. Oklahoma doesn't, you know, thanks for eight years ago or whatever it was. 20, well, <laughs> you know, 2016, we were on the ballot with Gary Johnson. So thanks for that. We've got it. But if you, one of the big criticisms that OG Frank Robinson makes all the time is that the, the LP national doesn't do enough ballot access funding. Yeah. I mean, you know, we'll fund candidates and all this stuff, but they really need to put some money into lawsuits. Well, my state, unfortunately, and uh, Alabama has the most restrictive or one of the most restrictive ballot access for third parties. We have to get 56,000 signatures in person in the climate we're in right now. Yeah. There's a couple states that, that are like that, but I think Maryland actually said that they'll take e-signatures. So there's a huge push in Maryland right now to get Maryland voters to you know, sign the online petition and get the Maryland LP on the ballot, you know, get Joe on the ballot in Maryland. So, you know, right now we're, it's iffy. I, I, I want to say Joe, Joe Bishop Henchman has on his page, his chairman page, he has updates on, on this. If you want to go look on, yeah, on, the, on Boomer book or whatever you call it. You know, it's it's um, we're in a I'm in a safe state, so I know it's they're going to vote Republican anyway. Um, it's the issue is is that I just want to vote, period, in in terms of how everyone else votes. That's and if you don't want me to vote, just say so. I don't mind doing that either. You know, they're just dis- it's voter suppression and voter fraud, in my opinion. Yeah, we. Uh- I just thought I'd also mention we're having a lot more uh, kind of anecdotal interest in Joe Jorgensen than we thought. Huh. You know, there was that rally in Tulsa that we kind of, uh, right before our state convention, the Joe campaign said, hey, can you guys do a meet and greet for us, you know, day after tomorrow? And we're like, 
So our convention committee pulled that off, and there was a huge interest, and they actually made that commercial, uh, the first one's free commercial that's running on Spike's page. Yeah. It was based off of our, you know, Joe coming to Tulsa. I really like so, that first one's free thing, even though that's I'm not incredibly, in this The production value on that commercial is really up there. Yeah, I was like, this notch. is actually just really good. Like, even if it had been somebody else, it's just really good. Yeah. But uh, I, man, to be honest, I don't, I don't even care who wins at this point. I, I don't think that Joe's going to be able to win. I think she might be able to wake a bunch of people up a little bit, but I think it's too little, too late. I think cool. that what's happening right now is this spiral thing. Yeah, everybody. I mean, it definitely goes in cycles. But I think the job of the LP presidential candidate is is messaging and that's number one. I mean, yeah, we don't have anybody in Congress besides what? Amash and he's not going to probably, you know, if he doesn't make it I because he doesn't get reelected because he's not running. Um, what is Aleppo? <laughs> I think that might have been the best message ever given by an LP presidential candidate. <laughs> it's going to... Well, you know, I mean, the uh, oh, God. Yorkson's no, had I, a moment with that tweet. That's her Aleppo moment. Yeah. So I won't go over it, but we all know what it is. Now, if we can refocus our the campaign message about liberty and liberty-based subjects, then we well, can liberty for all. Liberty for black people and white people and Asian people and whoever the fuck wants it. Well, why don't we just stop seeing all that shit? Can't we just say liberty for everyone? Liberty for yeah. all. Are we talking about the anti-racist tweet yeah. and all that? So did I tell the story last time? No, I haven't. I haven't told any convention stories. So we, uh, the voting for chair and all those other candidates, the at-large candidates, went past the bell. So they were, uh, you know, tallying results after four o'clock. So my wife, being a state secretary, volunteered to go uh, sit in and be an extra teller to audit the votes to make sure. And they got audited like three and four times. So there were a lot of people online saying, you know, they're cooking the books. And I'm like, the the uh, the new chair of the party is standing next to the secretary of the party and they are comparing notes and counting so don't give me this crap about how they're cooking the books anyway the the night before one of the, the interesting things is we had been volunteering um you know helping out with decorations and and the lunch and stuff like that we ended up one of those nights we ended up in the radical caucus suite somehow because uh, Aaron had dragged us up there and Joe came in there's like 15 people in the room Joe came in and sat down and just took a load off and grabbed a beer and they had an they had a Q&A right then and there at the radical caucus and Aaron had told us the radicals will not softball her <laughs> and they said hey what's the deal with this anti-racist <laughs> you know what did you mean and I sat there and I listened to her explain herself that what she meant was we need to be against those parts of the state that are impacting certain minorities more than other people. So when she says be actively anti-racist, we're talking about qualified immunity. We're talking about, you know, 
uh, fines, like, you know, in one of the flashpoints for Ferguson, Missouri was the, the fines and the, uh, the, the cycle that they had keeping people in court, you know what I mean? And that just had that community on edge. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what she's talking about attacking. It's just what she told us right there. So. Yeah. She should have said that right then and there on the well, tweet. The, I, the problem not, is you get a tweet and then everybody it. goes, no, she did I, go back and make a second tweet and nobody fucking wants to talk about it. You know what I mean? Like they want to talk about the thing that makes them feel, uh, lets yeah. them become that lip meme where they're just like in the corner screaming. I'm, I'm going to do this. White lives matter. White lives matter. Watch this. Uh, get, get, right. Well, nobody says save the okay, white. Now we're demonetized. I hope you're happy. <laughs> well, I, I will just go on record as defending Joe. I know what she means. I know where she's coming from. Sometimes people say things inartfully. She is not a professional politician. She's a professor of psychology who feels like her platform doesn't need to be anything other than the LP platform, which everybody can read. Yeah. So are you no, muted? I, I just want to go on, on record and say that we were demonetized a long time okay. ago when we mentioned anything about Israel and blowing things up. With yeah, you literally said, mentioned me being in the Taliban. So I, I don't th I think oh, that yeah, this yeah. is never going to get Okay, guys. So, like, we're doing a lot of really good shit here and we're never going to get monetized. So be sure that. Um, <laughs> That you get over to the madlibertyparty.com and hit those support links, y'all. <laughs> also, yeah. while I'm at it, um, we have one more topic to talk about, but I'm not sure like, segue into it. Make sure you guys hit the like and subscribe buttons wherever you're watching this. I think we're only streaming in one place tonight. Um, uh, honestly, I'd like to see if you want to come on later on this week and do like a short just liberty live with us and talk about it and then talk about it some more um i if we can maybe we can find more than one person who was there even i'll see what i can do i'm gonna ask the archies and see if one of them will come on see what they think too but, uh, I mean, do you think that would be feasible? Would you be interested in something like that? I'm game anytime. Hell yeah. Well, well <laughs> I'll hit you I mean, anytime I don't have to run kids to, like, an activity <laughs> like tonight. Yeah. I, well, I was racing back going, I wonder if it's too late to crash their party. No, it's never too late to crash the party, man. Our party uh, crashed. I'll reach out and try and find some and we get some extra people and if not we'll all just sit down and freaking dish the hell out of the rest of this stuff because like there's more and i want to hear more i've never actually like um been to one of those and i mean i hate to crap on arkansas but our convention was kind of off we were seated very, very near Arkansas, and I didn't actually hear or talk to any of them, which is a shame. We were seated right in front of Arizona, uh, and I got to talk to people like Alex Flores, uh, who's the Povertarian guy. Uh, we threw money at him for the Povertarian Pizza Party, which is always cool. Every year at the convention, they do a, uh, a pizza party for the people that 
that don't want to throw down for the gala. And then when we went to the gala, we went to the, there was like music and dancing across the hall. And we went over there and there was hardly anyone there because, you know, COVID. And we said to Aaron, you know, we ought to let the Parvertarians know, just come down to the party. Why not? And she said, screw it. So she called and then they brought their, their leftover pizza down and the Parvertarians came down to the party. And that's when we went up to the radical thing and talked with Joe again. Joe Jorgensen remembers everybody, by the way. Wow. If she ever met you. You're, she so. hasn't met me, but like, no. I want to meet her. I hope she, I think she may be coming here soon. So like, that's really exciting. She'll I, be in Oklahoma City again uh, next week tour. or so. She has a, a sort of a tour of some sort. She's doing like the fifth. Yeah, you want to say the first week of August. Oh shit, Paxton, you should go live stream that shit. Can you still say hi to Paxton? Should go live stream that. <laughs> yeah, I leave, he should. Just, just like what happened today, he'll probably have no idea no, how to do it. I will show him how to do it. I just kind of hit I'll keys on my, my keyboard. I don't know what you guys are asking me to live stream. What are we live streaming? What? Go go meet Joe and live stream it. What? No. Why would I meet Joe? Why wouldn't you mean Joe? She she wants some form of the police. <laughs> what what form of police does she want? The form that I don't like. Any. <laughs> this should be up to the communities. They should be able to contract that, which don't is something she supports. Go. I'm just like hey, her, her message on that has not changed since nineteen ninety-six. Armed and neutral, like a switch. No, in all seriousness, I don't have anything against Joe. I think she's actually really uh, the only problem I have with Joe is she's not Ron Paul. Like, I mean, it's really what it comes down to. I don't know what Ron Paul had that none of the other candidates have had thus far. I mean, besides knowing what Aleppo is, um, but there, there's something that the rest of them are missing. Like Ron Paul really spoke to me. Like being a 16 year old and being able to draw people into politics, because like, that's what got me into libertarianism was Ron Paul and watching his stuff back in like 2008, 2012. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what we're missing, but we, we really need to be talking to Ron Paul more because he has some great secret about drawing people in that we as a party uh, are desperately missing. I want to say yeah. Spike kind of has that a little bit of that right now. I actually really like Spike. Spike can yeah. talk to people. He can talk to anybody. Yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I never thought of that. Yeah, I, I actually really enjoy Spike. Joe is just like, the, I, I feel like she, she's incredibly intelligent, but I, I think that's actually part of the problem is I think she's one of those people that are so intelligent. It's almost like awkward intelligent. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I see what you're talking about. I mean, she has a PhD in psychology and yeah. industrial organizational psychology, so she knows. It, it's not of, Donald Trump, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's, Donald yeah. Trump won, won by speaking to the people. Yeah, she yeah. has the capacity to use big words that smart people understand, and Trump related to most Americans by using like yeah, exactly. two-syllable words that that, that was that too, many words, <laughs> too many words. Too many words. <laughs> China bad. That's all I need to know. China bad. Build that wall. It's Build pronounced China. 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 <laughs> That's all. You guys got to make it. I, I, I'm still not seeing a wall down here. I, I, hey, I, 
Maxwell, they did build a wall. It flew away with Hurricane Hannah. That is actually um, true. No, so, like, sorry. the thing is, is that the LP very, like, none of the candidates were ever saying anything bad. Like, there was nothing besides uh, Kokesh, because he can go fuck himself. Yeah. Uh, there was nothing wrong with anything that the fucking candidates were saying. Like, they're all saying the same thing. I can't disagree with any of them. Uh, there's just, they're not, I, I, they're not fucking Ron Paul. I don't know what it is. Like, I wish Ron Paul would run again. I don't care if he's a thousand years old. I, I, I would, I would, I would take Ron Paul with dementia a thousand times over. Like, I, I, like, I don't know what it is about him. He has I mean, hey, the Democratic candidate. I don't know if it's that he's just been in the game for so long and he just knows what to say and like is able to condense everything down. Um, I, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, even even uh, like Rand Paul. Rand Paul at some point was literally saying what Ron Paul like verbatim. Like I've gone through the videos and watched Ron, uh, Rand Paul say verbatim what Ron Paul has said, and it's just not the same. It really comes down to a personality type of deal. Like it, it just, you can hear the passion and the enthusiasm when Ron Paul speaks, and it's not that Joe doesn't have enthusiasm. It, it's like I said, it's just there's the, there's an it factor. I think the Libertarian Party just has to find like their Napoleon, so to speak. They have to find that person that we can all unilaterally get behind, that there is no question. But right now, I think the Libertarian Party is still to this day split on to support Joe or not to support Joe. I don't feel like the entire Libertarian Party is behind her. I feel like a lot of people are like, ah, oh, fuck it, Joe, let's just go over here. I think if you're talking about the party, the party is pretty solidly behind Joe. She was not a controversial like candidate like Hornberger that, you know, a lot of people supported Hornberger. Hornberger turned negative on other libertarians, and that was it for him. The only thing I really out there was, wait, who is this person? Yeah. But, like, that was, I don't know if that's a real complaint. I mean, honestly... I think we're still spending too much time on this fucking national shit. What? Why don't? Why don't we do this? Why don't we have Jay? Why don't you come on our show again later on and we talk about mm -hmm. Joe and like the other candidates? And stuff. Let, let, let's have a libertarian conversation. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, I can talk about guns too all day. Yeah, yeah let's talk about guns. guns. We just need to talk gun about out. guns. I can talk about feelings about how rifle open carry might be done correctly i don't know about the whole feelings thing but we, we can talk about, I we can talk about well, when i say my feelings it's basically uh you know godlike wisdom that everybody should listen to. so <laughs> well thank you for for free it's all that free. sounds like a pack <laughs> <quote. laughs> okay so Here's the question. Should Paxton open carry his Mosin? I do. I, 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 or, or should he make it into an right. Like Literally the only box. reason we did not carry it at the protest is I, I had my pistol with me. And I was like, Mike didn't have his gun with me. And so obviously the, the, the chain of command there was like, well, Mike should carry the rifle. And then I realized that Mike's like four foot and like maybe 100 pounds. Like the last thing I want him to do is carry... A, a, a wooden gun the entire day with all the camera stuff. Like, it's not going to be a good time. I mean, the gun's as tall as him with the bayonet on it. Everyone do, had the everyone do Uncle Bear a favor. Yeah, I if think you're going to OC your rifle, don't, don't. Don't fiddle with it. Don't <laughs> carry it at the low ready. 
Yeah. If you're going to carry it on the front of your body on a three-point or a one-point, fine. Keep your damn hands off of it. <laughs> you you goose-step and carry shoulder rifle. Back. I'm just saying, if it's not shouldered or on the back, I am sick and tired of seeing people constantly hanging on the rifle like they're ready to fire in the next point two seconds. It's yep. not a good look. It's a negative. And they look like they're like in a stance ready to like fucking shoot. I about proper stancing, proper arming. And and the St. Louis couple, those two individuals. But here, yeah, you know what people should do? The, the guy got his gun confiscated, which is fucked up. Here's what we should do. People should be sending him a new rifle and the phone number to whoever the fuck can train that guy how to shoot because he clearly needs one. I will, I will just say, um, I, I call it the front porch test. If, if a guy shows up on your front porch and rings the doorbell and is holding a rifle like that, what's your response going to be as an average dude? You're going to go get your own gun. Yes. You're yeah. going to be ready to roll. If so, I saw a guy looking like Mr. McCloskey, I'd laugh my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the fucking poster, like a GTA, like a fucking GTA game. I'm not. I'm not young enough to have been rolling around through Fallujah or any of that with the Marines. But so, yeah, we're getting off track a little. I'm just saying, please. Boston massacre aside, don't have your guns at the ready. It's it's, it's all fine. Let's let's not do that deal. Um, Mike, you want to go ahead and uh, uh, do all the things that you usually do. (laughs) I mean, I technically already did them. I was like, you know, like and subscribe. Do them better. Look, look, we need to talk about vaccines. That was in the title. We haven't talked about that yet. Uh, oh, get them if you want. Don't get them if you don't want. Okay, well, there it is. Yep. Well, I mean, let's have a get. Well, let's get together later this week and do another live stream because, like, we got started kind of like wonky, and I think that um, I think that one of us has to actually head out um, <laughs> real soon. And I do really want to talk about the mask shit. So, like, how about we get together again later on this week and do that? I'm okay with that if you guys are. Or we can do we can just add it to Sunday, uh, the next Mondays. We do that. I'm going to need about 20 minutes to go through all the vaccines I think I've had that I didn't know about. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a separate episode. Non-consent. When you're ready to deploy. Yeah. Um, Fun fact: bubonic plague. I can't get it. Wow, that that's that's a good thing. I would think. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm gonna go back in time, and they're gonna think I'm a witch. Mike, you're you're not doing this well at all. No, I'm not. I'm really bad. Take control. Okay, oh. okay, guys. Okay, guys, we're going to be uh, we're gonna be doing um some really interesting stuff in the future. So expect an update episode relatively soon. We're having um, we're having the Saul episode come out really soon, a few days, and um, everything. All of our other channels are caught up and everything, so all of the posting should be going as it comes now, instead of people having to wait a couple of days to get the episodes on the other places. We're also now usually live streaming, just not just here, but also on Facebook. Ew, I know we're getting other places. Boomer. Boomer. Yeah. 
Well, um, anyways, you guys, sorry that we had to cut it short today. I hope you guys are uh, having a nice like, one. Subscribe. Like, subscribe. I already like, comment, that. subscribe, like, and comment, for the Matrix. Get in the Matrix. If there is a bell, get in, like, come hang out and check out Matrix, whatever. Um, until we uh, see you guys next time, uh, be safe and uh, give us money. Give us money. Give us money. And uh, don't complain about how high Mike looks at And um, uh, yeah. Money. It, Mad Liberty spilling Money. is adjourned. Money. Mike, you're you're going downhill fast. <laughs>